Imagine this. In the beginning, as all great stories start, roughly 13.8 billion years ago, there was darkness. A dazzling, deep darkness. It can be scary to imagine such a thing, but this darkness was full of possibility and wonder. In this darkness was a tiny speck, so tiny you could not see it no matter how hard you tried. But in that tiny speck (laughs) was everything. Everything that would be, everything that could be. And suddenly, from that tiny speck, in that brilliant darkness, everything changed. Boom! (laughs) A massive explosion erupted from that tiny speck, creating the universe as we know it. The enriched atoms and matter from that explosion spread far out into the great expanse, churning and burning and swirling. Eventually, Those atoms and primordial elements would come together, creating the deep, roaring furnaces of early stars. Only for those stars to explode and create new stars. And more elements and new objects soaring and floating throughout what we call space. For for over 9.3 billion years, this continued until a tiny rock formed around a tiny star in a small, unremarkable galaxy. This is where the story really begins. On that tiny rock, as volcanoes erupted, meteors bombarded the surface, and great oceans of water formed and boiled. Suddenly, in that first billion years, that tiny rock existed something wondrous emerged. Life. And as that life grew and evolved, lived and died, survived and endured, the planet we now call Earth continued to take shape. The volcanoes became less frequent, the seas stopped boiling, the magma cooled and the atmosphere stopped the endless bombardment of meteors. The planet settled into a comfortable orbit around the sun, and the seasons took shape. Brilliant summers led to crestfallen autumns, only for the somberness of winter to take hold. Life held on in those early winters, and just when it felt like the winters would never end, the sun would shine just a little brighter. The snows would melt The ice would thaw, the air would warm, the promise of spring became known, and life flourished once more. Birds nested, reptiles would sun themselves on rocks, the bees would flit about collecting pollen, and all life felt free and whole. The cycle continued. Sometimes the animals and the insects were different, but then... Around 350,000 years ago, 
one animal in particular started to take notice of the spring and asked, What on earth does it all mean? Imagine this. Human beings emerged from the great story of evolution and started asking questions. Why was there something at all instead of nothing? Why did the sun rise and set each day? Why were we the only ones, as far as we knew, to ask questions? Why did all things have to die? Why did the winter come only for spring to return? Humanity tried to answer these big questions. Religion, philosophy, science, and culture were, in part, the result. Human beings are great at meeting, making meaning and of telling stories, stories that cause us to wonder and appreciate life from the cultures, religions, and philosophies that came into being, stories about the turning of the seasons were told. They could be simple stories, but more often than not, they were extravagant. We hear the story of Persephone descending into the underworld for six months out of the year, during which time nothing grows. Only for her to return, and suddenly, everything is in bloom. We hear stories of Zhu Long and the candle dragon, whose eyes bring the cycle of night and day, whose breathing regulates the season. And when it is darkest, he kindles a flame in the night sky. And then there is the story of the phoenix, a beautiful bird that would live for generations only one day to consume itself in fire and fall to the ground as a pile of ashes. From those ashes, the phoenix would be reborn again and again and again. Human beings tell stories in order to give meaning to the world around them. Yet even as our knowledge has grown about what really formed the universe, we still turn to symbol, myth, and poetry. We live in a dazzling and wondrous universe on a fragile and stunning planet. Our stories, even if they are not factual, still point to one essential truth. We are in love with being alive. We are in love with the earth, and our hope for the spring the returning of life is in, our is in our bones. One such story is the story we are telling here this morning, the Easter story. But it is so much more than the Easter story. It is a story about loving the world, of heartbreak, and of knowing that life will go on. It is the story of spring and how when life is at its bleakest, hope is still possible.
Imagine this. A child is born in ancient Palestine. A child is born and he is loved and cared for by his parents. A child is born when life was at its bleakest, for his parents are refugees and so is he. Against all odds, against the threats of empire and persecution, the child grows and learns and is trained in his father's work. The child becomes a carpenter. Because this child is a mixed-race refugee, he quickly takes notice of the injustices around him. He notices that Samaritans are treated differently. He notices that if you did not recite the correct prayers or rituals, you are somehow not as holy as others. He notices how his people are fearful of the Romans. When he enters adulthood, he decides he needs to do something about all of these things he noticed growing up. This is the story of how Jesus of Nazareth begins. He leaves behind his work as a carpenter and sets out to teach the people of Israel about a loving God. But beyond that, he also teaches them that because God is loving, we too should be loving of one another. We should love our enemies. We should love ourselves. We should love even when life is at its hardest. He teaches people that in loving each other and life itself, we can change the world. The people take notice of his message and how it is different than what the priests, elders, and Romans teach. So they start following him. Great crowds would gather to hear what this humble carpenter, Jesus, would have to teach them. Blessed are the peacemakers, he would say to the crowds. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who love the world so deeply. The Roman officials and the priests took notice of these teachings. They realized that in a world with such teachings, they would lose their power. They arrested Jesus. They accused him of inciting violence, of blasphemy, of corrupting the people. And for his teachings, teachings that advocated love over hate, humility over power, peace over war, he was put to death. His followers watched as he was executed, and then they fled, fearing for their own lives. They fled and wondered what they could possibly do. Would they be persecuted next? Did the love Jesus taught die with him? Imagine this, not long after Jesus died, still in their grief, the followers of Jesus gathered together to figure out what to do next. They were afraid. And then something happened. The women who knew Jesus went to his tomb to visit his body, and instead of finding him in the tomb, they found a man standing outside of it. Be not afraid, the man told the women. Something wondrous has happened here. The women returned to the other followers and told them what had happened. No one knows exactly what happened in the days after Jesus was killed by the Romans. The stories our Christian siblings tell say he rose from the dead. 
Other stories tell us no one really knows and can never know. What we do know is that his teachings lived on in his followers. Amidst their grief in the winter of their sorrow, they discovered hope. Yes, they said to one another, we will love our neighbors and love life. We will do this even when life is at its bleakest. So they went on sharing the teachings of their beloved lost teacher. It wasn't always easy, but people still took notice. And the teachings were shared widely, often imperfectly. But this story, the story of Jesus of Nazareth, is told every Easter worldwide. It's a story that tells us the promise of new life is always possible. It tells us that this wondrous and confusing thing called life will go on. Like the phoenix rising from the ashes. It's a story that tells us the ashes are fertile soil for new growth and possibility. Like Persephone descending into the underworld, we know it isn't forever. Like the candle dragon of China, Chu Long, we learn to breathe in and out with the seasons of life. And for Christians across the world, this is a day of great joy. For Unitarian Universalists, it can be a confusing day. (laughs) Jesus of Nazareth once said, Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Easter teaches us that all of, all of the spring festivals and holy days do to keep asking the big questions of life, to wonder at this marvelous universe and beautiful home we call Earth. Easter teaches us to search for meaning, to search for love, to search for a way to make the world more just, whole, and holy. Easter teaches us to never give up, to keep knocking on the doors of life, to always be ready for something new to emerge. May it be so. In the spirit of this day, we know that from the winter, spring will always emerge. Hope is always possible, and life will endure. Yet some of our hopes need our time, our talent, and our gifts as well. And that spirit, our offering this morning, goes to the good work of this church and Unitarian Universalism. Everything you give goes directly to supporting our mission and vision for a more just, loving, and whole world. Please give generously. Our offering will now be gratefully received. Going to do an unofficial poll for this Easter Sunday morning. How many of you are not a big fan of Easter? There's no judgment here. (laughs) You are still welcome here. How many of you love Easter? How many of you are undecided? Yeah. 
how many wonder why on earth Unitarian Universalists still celebrate this holiday. <laughs> Growing up in the church that I was introduced to Unitarian Universalism in, in Hinsdale, Illinois, the Unitarian Church of Hinsdale, we never celebrated Easter. We always had a spring festival on the vernal equinox, but we never stopped to tell the story of Easter. It was always a very confusing time when all of my friends would celebrate it. And coming from an Episcopalian background, going, where is the midnight celebration? Where are the lights dimming in the church and the great roaring fire of the Easter vigil? Where is the pageantry? Where is the incense and candles? And the story that we've been telling for almost 2,000 years. We never celebrated that holiday. And I always go back and forth as a Unitarian Universalist minister wondering, oh, <laughs> do we or don't we? And is there anything left for us to learn in the gospel stories of this holiday? It's hard when your religious tradition ends at the tomb. When you say that at the tomb... There was not a literal bodily resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. It's hard when you say that it was metaphorical or spiritual or people just had a mass hallucination or you say that nothing really happened but they banded together to continue the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth. It is hard when your story for most you use, not all, but many, ends with the tomb. And yet I'm reminded of Psalm 30, which I am amazed is still right in my mind. Weeping may endureth a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may endure a night, but joy comes in the morning. For me, that is the heart and the essence of the Easter story. That life will have its tragedies, life will have its moments. There will be sometimes a darkness that is not dazzling and beautiful, but it weighs heavy upon us. But we know that the morning will come and the sun will rise. Human beings have been wondering this all throughout their history. They have looked to the rising and setting of the sun. They have looked to massive natural disasters. They have looked to warfare. They have looked to all the tragedies that could happen, natural or human or otherwise. And they've gone, there is always still some shred of hope in this moment. I like to think that is what the followers of Jesus did three days after his death. After fleeing persecution from the Romans, after wondering if they would be next, they came together and realized the world needs a message of love. The world needs a message. Our teacher is gone, but our me the message needs to be love one another. Continue loving one another. Love this earth and love each other again and again and again. That is the message I wish to lift up every Easter. That's the best I can do as a humanist minister on Easter Sunday, year after year when it comes. And all you have to do is ask the UUCL staff, the weeping and gnashing of teeth that I brought upon them. <laughs> Wondering how will we rescue this holiday again. 
But then I think of churches all across the world that are telling people they are not worthy, that they do not have dignity this Sunday, that this Sunday is about believing the right things. It's about saying the right prayers. It's about following the formula to the T in order to be saved from an angry God. As long as such beliefs continue to exist in our world, I think Unitarian Universalists can tell this story. That they continue to say that Jesus was all about not following the right prayers and the right rituals and the right formulaic ways of believing. That is what put him into his ministry in the first place. It is about the love. It is about loving the Samaritan. It's about loving those who are different than you. It's about loving in 2019 the refugee and the immigrant. It's about loving in 2019 not just men who have power, but women who deserve power in our country. It's about not just loving wealth and money. It's about loving the poor, no matter what, and doing what we can so that there is a world where the poor are on equal playing fields with everyone else. It is about the love. Weeping may endure a night, but joy comes in the morning. May that be our Easter message today and in all days. Please join with me in the spirit of meditation and silence. celebrate this morning the memory of winter's sleep and the quieting of our souls. We celebrate the return of color and the rebirth of great wonder. celebrate the treasure of new life and the promise within each and every one of us. We celebrate the human cycle of joy and sorrow, remembering this morning all those who are suffering across our world for the churches in Sri Lanka for all who are w looking for a home and for a refuge, for all immigrants seeking a new life and new promise, for all suffering, wherever it may be, and the companionship we find here in this community. We celebrate the search for what is sacred and the lifelong pursuit resplendent Sunday morning, we celebrate the promise of summer's bounty and how it will feed our souls.
May we indeed sing praises for the spring, and may we find a deep well of love in our hearts, for the world is in need of such a love. This is the promise of Easter, to discover love and hope, and to let the winter melt away once more. Now before you, up front, is this fabulous, almost tie-dyed table. (laughs) On it are some simple black stones. As dazzling in their darkness as that moment before the universe came into being. On each of them are words or designs, some of them ridiculous, some of them beautiful, all of them made for you by our youth and our religious exploration volunteers. As the music plays, you are invited to come forward, choose a stone for whatever reason you may have this Easter morning. And if you're daring, you might choose one in an egg not knowing what is inside, and perhaps find exactly what you needed. Holy days and celebrations are about remembering what is enduring and life-giving. May you find what is life-giving for you in this moment, be it humor, be it a reminder, be it some unexpected providence. Take them with you. Pass them along. Leave them somewhere in your journeys for someone else to find. We join now in receiving. I am so glad we are greeting one another in this moment. Easter is about joy. I'm glad to hear people glad to see each other. That's wonderful. Dear friends, be quick. Look about you. The snows of winter are gone and the earth has awoken once more. Welcome the spring in all of her green glory. The brave small flowers push up from the warming soil. Birds return from their southerly homes. The first buds have appeared and blossomed on the trees. Our days are full of the songs of the feathered ones. Our nights grow warmer as the sun strengthens. Warm air caresses us, filled with the scent of fresh earth and a thousand blooming flowers. Shrug off the inactivity of colder days and move briskly through the delightful days. Birth and rebirth, new life and seeming death, the promise of old coming true once again. Sleeping seeds awaken, the sap rises. Everything is renewed. What once was laid in stillness now bursts forth in riotous activity. Frozen dreams blossom. Within us, around us, new life is blossoming and the promise of spring has come.